apples welcome back to the weekly podcast the good apple with me your host sharonda simone now today you are in for a treat okay we are going to upset the devil like never before because we're going to be answering a really serious question one that i get all the time when i'm communicating with other christ followers and it is the question do i really have power as a christian all right and then also too we are going to be correcting the christian identity crisis yes there is a crisis but apples don't worry we are going to cover all of this in today's podcast so stay tuned the good apple is a place where christ followers at any stage of your walk can learn to apply powerful life transformative biblical truths to live in the world but not of the world according to john 15 we are a community of kingdom kids who live bright lives seasoned and salty with lots of godly flavor to enhance the world as directed in matthew 5. we are the remnant of god's people the good apples who invite god into our everyday lives and live in success health wealth prosperity peace and applied biblical knowledge as those spoken of in isaiah 65. Alrighty, Apples, welcome back to the weekly podcast, The Good Apple, with me, your host, Dr. Sharonda Simone. So we are on episode number two, numero dos, and I am so excited to be here with you again. You guys, this has been just an outstanding launch for this podcast. So many positive reviews, so many people showing interest in the content, as well as reaching out to me about being a guest here on the podcast. So there is some housekeeping we have to get done. The first thing is I want to say thank you. Thank you so very much to each and every person who clicked on the podcast, who listened from start to finish, who, you know, made sure that they shared it with other friends and family. I mean, I have listeners, my friend Emily from church, she has actually been sending this out like nationwide, okay? We are as far as Alaska. And let me know, reach out to me, tell me who you were able to share the podcast with because I would love to know. Remember, we are trying to build a community of God's people, the good apples. We are going to save the bunch, okay? So please, please, please continue to share the podcast and thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart to all of you who tuned in last week. And I also want to say welcome. If this is your first time hearing about this podcast, I know that God divinely wants for you to be here right now listening so thank you so very much and i look forward to connecting with you on a real level in future episodes all righty so like i said in the intro okay today we are going to upset the enemy camp okay i am all about doing that i have no place no space in my mind in my heart in my finances in my marriage in my life for the enemy and today we are going to upset the devil okay so the things that i'm going to share with you in today's podcast they are revolutionary okay um and it has to do with the power that we have as christians and also about our christian identity now once you get this revelation and maybe you have gotten this revelation before you know, but life has kind of caused you to doubt or to take a few steps backward, you know, to have a little lapse ever so often in knowing who you are because it happens. Trust me, it happens because we are here 
in a three-dimensional world, but there is a spirit world that sometimes we forget about because, you know, 3D is tangible. We can see it. We can touch it. But guess what? We do have power in God and we also have a distinct Christian identity that if we know who we are and whose we are, we will operate totally differently. And I can't wait to bust it wide open in today's podcast. Before I forget, depending on the platform you are listening on, okay, there should be an option to follow the podcast. Go ahead and just take a quick moment just to press the follow button, the subscribe button. That way we can stay connected. Now, a few of you did actually reach out to me and you were inquiring as to whether or not there was a way you could be directly notified every time I upload an episode. Now, I don't know for specific platforms, you know, if that's possible. And I know that my podcast is available on, you know, many, many podcast platforms. So I can't give a blanket answer for that. Um, But I will say that I have been thinking about creating like an email listserv, like an e-blast, a weekly reminder. It would be going straight to your email, right? And that way you could get that notification every time the podcast goes live. So my plan right now is to do a new episode every Sunday. But depending on, you know, what happens in my life, I don't really know what specific time on Sundays that the podcast will be going live. So if you are you know, interested in getting onto an email listserv where I would just blast out you know, a short message saying, hey, podcast is live, Apple's, you know, let's listen in, then let me know, reach out to me. You can shoot me an email, check in the notes, the show notes that should be on whatever app you're listening to. There should be a show notes section. Check it out. My email is there. You can also reach out to me on social media. I will have my social media handles as well. So let's, you know, figure out how we're going to do this because remember, this is new for me. This type of podcast is very new for me. So um, I really want to make sure that we're all on the same page, that everybody's getting information and that we're all growing together as we do this journey called life. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, Lord, and we thank you so much for just being God in our lives. We ask right now that you would just prepare our hearts and our minds to receive all that you have for us today in this podcast. Lord, I ask that you just make the time right now that we spend together as Christ followers, as the good apples, Lord, we just ask that you would help it to be fruitful. Lord, I ask right now that you would help to prepare my heart to prepare my mind, to prepare my spirit, to receive all that you have for me, God. And I pray the same for each and every person listening on the other end of this podcast. We give you all the praise, Lord. You're amazing. We love you. Amen. Okay, Apples. So I want to share something with you. And I think it perfectly illustrates all that we are going to discuss today. What did you do? Um, I prayed, um, I said in the um, name of Jesus, and that's the, um, that's the power that makes it, um, makes your, uh, body hurt or anything that's on your body to, um, heal it. So then it'll, um, get a little bit less pain, but if it's still sores, don't just give up because Satan will win if you just say, oh, I give up, it didn't, the prayer didn't work. You have to keep telling it. And because you're the boss of your body, like, um, you can control it any way you want. Um, so you could 
do anything you want with it, since I'm the boss of my body. So I prayed, and that's what made it better. Hurt a little bit. Um, 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 when I came home, um, I prayed, uh, and yeah. And it, uh, he, um, I kept praying, and then it healed. Praise God. Okay, so here is the backstory on that, all right? So Brennan was not feeling well the other day. And when he came to me, you know, of course, I'm a mommy, right? So I nurtured him, I cuddled him, you know, asked him what's going on. And he was extremely um, cuddly, you know? He is my seven-year-old. And of all my kids, while he and I are very, very close, he is not one that always likes to cuddle. So I knew that he really wasn't feeling well just because he wanted to literally sit in my lap. Now, Brennan is about as tall as my throat, literally that tall. Okay. He's only seven and I am five, four. So you can imagine this is a tall kid. So he's climbing into my lap and he wants for me to sit with him and just hold him. And so I'm thinking, okay, my son really does not feel well, which it happens. Okay. I wish that I could say that in my house, we never get sick. One thing I will say is we don't allow sickness to dwell. Okay. Because Satan's going to try. But it's our job as Christians to remember the promises of God, all right? So no sickness can just sit and dwell in my house without an all-out attack, okay, from my family members. Now, that's a whole different podcast, but what I just wanted to say was he wasn't feeling well. And because I tend to always be in record mode, remember, I do have a few other YouTube channels. We have a family channel. I have a personal channel. So I'm always in record mode. So when I heard him start to speak in a certain way, I grabbed my camera and I started to record. And the audio that I just shared with you, that was Brennan's candid response, okay? Now, I'm not saying this to give my husband and myself a pat on the back. You guys, look, all the praise and glory goes to God. Parenting is no joke. It is difficult at times. And, you know, as a mother who I definitely have, you know, high standards for myself, my children, but even more so, you know, when it comes to the standards and the goals I have for my family, it's first that they make it to heaven, you know? I mean, I remember one time I was having a conversation with my mother and I don't even remember what I was concerned about as far as my children. I, I can't remember what it was specifically, but I just remember her breaking it down to me like, look, at the end of the day, your goal is to help them get to heaven, like live a life and teach them properly so much so that they accept Jesus as their Lord and savior and they get to heaven. That is the ultimate goal. Everything else is secondary, right? So for me, hearing him speak like this, yes, I know where he got it. You know, we have raised him in a Christian environment and yes, we do attend church. So I know where he got the information, all right? But to hear him say it without being prompted and I could see and sense the true conviction in his eyes and I could hear it in his voice. I mean, this is what he believes. And I really, really feel as though that perfectly illustrates what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So when he came to me and he was telling me how he wasn't feeling well, you know, I saw it as a moment to reinforce the biblical truth that he, Brennan, as a Christian, 
has the power to speak to his body and tell his body to heal. But I didn't even have to go down that road because Brennan already knew it, right? He already had that understanding. And this is so pivotal for us as apples, as the good apples of God, the remnant in this world, the ones who are going to be able to show forth the goodness of God. It's so vital for us to realize who we are in Christ. That's the Christian identity piece, but also the power that we have because of Jesus dying on the cross. No, next Sunday is Easter Sunday. And it's almost like the Super Bowl Sunday for Christians, right? I mean, this is like, I mean, all churches are ramping up. I know my local church here, we have instead of just two services, we now have three services on Easter Sunday. Okay. I mean, it's all hands on deck. This is the Super Bowl Sunday for Christians. Okay. And it's because of what the celebration represents. I mean, it's a really, really big deal, you guys. So tune in next Sunday. You know, I have a really great podcast lined up for you guys. Trust me, you're not going to want to miss it. It is just going to be, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I can't, can't wait for you guys to hear that episode. But um, today, what I really want to focus on is our power. The power we have as Christians. So many times, even myself, for years, for years, I was a powerless Christian. Not that I didn't actually have the power through Jesus. I didn't know I had it. I didn't know how to activate it. I didn't know how to, how to wield the power. So I was a powerless Christian. And there are still areas in my life where I don't believe that I have fully submitted or I have fully exercised or understand the depth and the breadth of the power that I have in Jesus as a Christ follower. But we are going to get into that today. And I really hope you're encouraged. I pray that you just open up your heart to receive it. It might seem like a big thing to digest. So I encourage you to take the verses that I'm going to share because yes, there will be biblical truth to back it up. I don't even have enough time in this one episode to go through all the scriptures and all the illustrations in the Bible to show you how much power you actually have. But the verses that I do share, please, please, please take a look in the show notes. They will be there. Spend time this week meditating on them. Allow them to be written on your heart. Digest them, chew on them, you know, ruminate, right? Meditate on them. You know, for so long, meditation to me was almost like that new age word. You know, I didn't even want to say oh, I'm meditating because Satan has sullied that word so much that it's very hocus pocus demonic right now. But the Bible tells us to meditate on the word of God day and night. So I'm reclaiming that word. Okay. It's, it is a Christian word. So we're reclaiming that word. We are told to meditate. We are told to chew on. We are told to digest, break down, memorize, know inside and out the word of God. So the Bible verses I'm going to share, if you will write these on your heart, then you will see a change because the word of God is transformative. You can't hear the word of God. You can't get it in your spirit and be the same. It is impossible. Okay. It's impossible. Just like Brennan said, it's impossible for you to tell your body to do one thing and to do something else because you control your body. Let's get into it. Okay. Apples. 
how many times have you had an ache or a pain or a problem or a life situation and you prayed about it, right? Of course, that's what we do. We are Christians. We have problems. We talk to God. Maybe your prayers went something like this. Lord Jesus, please help me to feel better or please help me to get out of this bad situation. You know, please stop the enemy attacks. I'm being attacked, Lord. You know, I'm having stress from all areas of my life. I'm under demonic attack, negativity from my friends, families, coworkers, you know, help me, Lord. Or maybe, Lord, I need an opportunity. I need an open door help me. Now, these prayers are all fine. That's exactly what, you know, we should do. We should talk to God. He cares, even though he already knows what's going on in our lives. Yes, we are encouraged to talk to God about our problems. However, these prayers, and I have just come to realize this in probably the last four years. Okay. So it's not something I knew for years. In the last four years, I realized that I was praying prayers that lacked something. It was very, very important. Power. Now, I'm I'm sure that you have heard the saying, don't talk to God about your problems. Talk to your problems about your God. Okay, very, very common statement we've heard. If you've ever sat in a pew on a Sunday, you have probably heard that statement. Children of God, we should not be talking to our God, telling him all our problems. Instead, we should talk to our problems about God. There is so much truth in that statement. Remember, next Sunday is like the Super Bowl Sunday for Christians, okay? We are going to be remembering the death the burial and the amazing life-changing actually world-changing resurrection of jesus from the grave okay when i think about easter and what easter really really means what we're celebrating that right there i mean when it comes to your christian walk that right there is the good news the good news the gospel the wow i can't believe it news like jesus died and in his death, he overcame the enemy. And now we have power through Jesus to overcome the same. Okay, let's go to the Bible. Matthew 28, verse 16. Let's, let's start there. All right. So this is after Jesus has been resurrected from the dead. Okay, so he's now talking to his disciples which let's remember, we are disciples of Christ. So when you read these verses, remember, insert yourself, okay? He is talking to you, literally, he's talking to you. Matthew 28, 16, the NIV reads, Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Hey, apples, what did I say? These are the disciples, okay, the 11. These are the ones who were with Jesus while he was on earth before he was crucified. 
They saw him. They knew him. They were with him when he was performing miracles. They were with him. I mean, just in all areas of life. These were his best friends. This was his crew. And yet, some doubted. Why is that important? Because guess what? You don't have to be perfect in this life. It's impossible. So I want for you to stop allowing Satan to make you feel as though you don't qualify. As though your imperfections make you unworthy of all that God has for you. Because he does that. He does that to me. Sometimes he's successful and then I have to get like a spiritual smack to bring me back, okay? But that is one of the main ways that the enemy tries to derail us. Because guess what? You have doubt. Maybe you started off on a certain path. You were doing well. Then boom, you get knocked down. Life situations, a death, a divorce, a betrayal, financial issues, setbacks, illness, And Satan's like, yeah, that's because you doubted, because you're not worthy. Mm -mm, That's a lie. That's a lie. Because look, Jesus is still telling even some who doubted. This next statement in verse 18, he was still telling even the some who doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I will be with you to the very end of the age. Apples. This right here, if this doesn't make you just jump out of your seat right now and praise God, I don't know. Check for a pulse. This right here, this is what we call, or the Bible calls, the Great Commission, okay? Like my mother said, you can do everything for your children. You can set them up financially. Everybody's talking about, you know, um, making sure there's a financial stability and legacy for your children, and you can set them up academically and all of that, even morally. You can have them on the straight and narrow moral compass. But guess what? We are supposed to be teaching others to obey everything God has commanded. The great commission is to help others learn about Christ, accept Christ and get to heaven. Okay. But the good thing is that we aren't alone when we do it, even when we don't, because remember he didn't kick out. The Bible doesn't say anywhere that he kicked out those who doubted. There was no exception, no exclusion clause. That's a lie from the enemy. Let's get rid of that. I told you we were going to upset the enemy camp today. Are you feeling it? Because I know Satan is. I know he is. If you're having any issues hearing this part, it's because Satan doesn't want you to. If there's a distraction around, pause the podcast, cancel, clear the distraction, and then come back to it. Because I'm telling you right now, we are going to unpack some things that Satan doesn't want for you to know. He doesn't want for you to get down in your spirit because he knows that if you do when you do, Boom, game over. All right, let's keep going, Apples. If you are enjoying this podcast, if you are finding it valuable, please, 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 let's make the enemy even more angry and send this podcast to a friend. Let's share it, okay? Big shout out to everybody who has been sharing the podcast 
on their social media platforms, all of that. Thank you so very much. The more people that we can get to understand who they are, the power they have in God, yo, this is going to be, I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. Okay. All right. Let me get back on track. Okay. So we're looking at Matthew 28, the great commission. The end of this is also very, very exciting. So he says, Jesus, these are all words in red here. Okay. Words in red. And surely I am with you always, not on your good days only, not on the days when you do everything right, not on the days when you are kind to your neighbor, not on the days when you read your word. He said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, is it still important for you to be kind? Yes, it is. Is it still important for you to read your word? The word of God. Yes, it is. Why? Not because it changes God, not because it makes Jesus better and makes him want to do more for you. No, that's not how it works. That's a barter system. The more you do for God, the more he'll do for you. No, that's not how it works. What it is doing though, when you're obedient, when you read the word of God, it is positioning you, Apple, to receive and to be in alignment with what God has for you. See, remember last week in episode number one, we were reminded that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, forever. Hebrews 13, eight, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Remember, Jesus isn't changing. He is the same Jesus that he was back in the day when the Bible was being written. Okay. God is the same since the beginning of time, the foundation of time. He is the foundation of the earth. So they aren't changing. We're the ones who keep changing. We're the living sacrifice that keeps crawling off the altar. Okay. So that is why we are the ones who have to do the obeying part because we will change. We are fickle. We are human. We are up and down. We doubt. Okay. So just realize that you don't do things in order to get God to do things. It's not a barter system. We could never, ever, ever do enough to be in the place to, or be worthy enough to receive all that God has for us, has already done for us. It's that's impossible. Okay. And that's a lie of the enemy. That's actually a form of bondage. And I can go into that, you know, in other episodes, but please hear me out. When you look right here in Matthew 28, he wasn't talking to just those who people who believed the, the disciples who were, you know, in, in belief. He also talked to some who doubted. So be encouraged. All right. Now there's another Bible verse for you. And this next Bible verse, the one that I'm about to share with you, who this has been a clutch verse for me on so many like instances. I probably quote this Bible verse at least two or three times a week. I speak it to a situation. Okay. Remember, we're going to talk a little bit too about, you know, more effective ways to pray. All right. Because so many times, like I illustrated before, our prayers, while they are good prayers, while they are communicative prayers, you know, you're communicating with God. They're not necessarily powerful prayers. Okay, so hang tight. 
Right after this quick break, I'm going to share with you the verse that has just been a lifesaver and a game changer when it comes to me dealing with problems, demonic attacks, issues in my life. Stay tuned. Thank you so very much for tuning in. You're listening to The Good Apple Podcast, where one good apple saves the bunch. Luke 10, 19, reading again from the NIV, it reads, and these are all letters in red. So Jesus said them, okay? Here we go. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Boom. Mic drop. Jesus walks off. I mean, like, think about it. Like, that is... Did did you hear that? If you have your Bible open, did you read that? If you have a highlighter, if you have a pen, if you have a crayon, like, highlight that. Highlight that, like, two, three times. Put some arrows and some glitter. If you're a bedazzling person, if you're someone who likes to, um, you know, doodle in your Bible, this is the verse to, like, highlight, blow up, you know, magnify, remember, Okay. Jesus said to you, insert your own name. I'm going to insert my name, okay? Because that's how I do it to make it personal, right? I'm a disciple. This is Jesus talking to his people. And he says, I have given Sharonda authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm Sharonda. Yo, what do you guys hear this apples tell me i'm not the only one reach out to me let me know come on let's communicate let's keep the conversation going on all social media platforms let's let's see do you see this you have authority but it's authority that he gave to you jesus gave to you that's why when we pray we say in the name of jesus That's not just a statement we say because it sounds good because that's what we heard daddy say, the pastor say, you know, everybody expects for you to say in the name of Jesus. No, this is why in the name of Jesus has so much meaning because the power, the authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, two very aggressive animals. You have that power and authority to trample on the snakes in your life, the scorpions in your life, and you have power to overcome. You have authority to overcome all of the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Nothing, nothing will harm you. Nothing will harm you. I'm going to say that one more time. Nothing will harm you. Repeat after me. Nothing will harm me. Nothing will harm me. Okay. Will bad things happen? Yep. They will. They will. And I will keep on saying this in every podcast where it applies because what I don't want for you to think is that the moment you give your life to Christ, every time you, you know, grow in your faith and move up as far as your understanding and move closer to God, please don't think that that prevents you from having issues in life. That's not how it works. The Bible tells us that 
trials and tribulations will come even for his name's sake, for sake of you saying I'm a Christ follower, you know, things, people going to try and come for you. Like that's just how it is. But when it comes to satanic demonic attacks, guess what? You have authority, meaning you are over, you are stronger than all of the enemy attacks. And I know, I know, I know it might not seem that way. Oh my gosh, apples, trust me. My life has not been a bed of roses. I know. And just because I might not have, or you might not have the same trials or problems as somebody else, it doesn't lessen your problems or make your problems worse than someone else's. Okay. The Bible tells us that you don't have anything or you won't deal with anything in your life that you can't bear. So you have everything in you through Jesus to handle whatever's put on your plate, the good, the bad, the ugly. All right. So please don't think that being a Christian means you are exempt from problems. Can I just be honest with you for so many years, for so many years, that is what I thought. That is what I thought. And it wasn't until I was really going through a very dark place in my life when my husband pointed that out to me. And I thank God that he did because for the longest time I was in bondage, believing that, look, God, I've done all this for you. I've, I have, I have served you. I have worshiped you. I have sacrificed for you. I have done as well as I could to stay on the straight and narrow for you. And yet all of these things are coming at me and life isn't going my way. And I mean, just, I was devastated. I didn't understand. Being a Christian doesn't mean your life is perfect. It just means you serve a perfect God. And according to the word of God, he uses, as long as you are living for him, not perfectly. All right. Let me just throw that in there because a lot of times people like to quote, everything works together for the good. No, it says everything. Let me, let me go to the Bible verse. so I don't misquote it. Okay. This is very important. I believe that if you get this in your spirit, what I'm saying to you, and if it's something that you struggle with. Even if you don't know you struggle with it, ask Holy Spirit, reveal, say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me if this is something that I struggle with. Okay. So I believe that if you get what I'm saying, you'll be set free. It might not be overnight, but you will be set free and you will move closer to God because you are realized how your relationship with him is supposed to be. It is not an, you know, give and take as in you can't give enough to God to get all that he has for you. It's impossible. We aren't capable as humans to give enough to God to be able to receive all that he has for us. So therefore don't even try. He says, don't even worry about that. Just do it through Jesus because Jesus, when he died on the cross, that's what he came to do. Okay. He came to take the place of all the sacrifice and the atonement. He came to take the place of all of that. We could never do enough burnt offerings. We could never do enough sacrifice to truly be able to be worthy of and to earn all that God has done for us and all that Jesus did on what we know is Easter Sunday when he died for us and three days later when he rose again. We could never. 
So we don't even try anymore. That's why we say everything in the name of Jesus. Okay. So going back to, you know, all things working together for the good. Let's make sure that we are saying that scripture properly because this can set you free as well. Okay. So it's in the book of Romans. Okay. And Romans is one of my favorite books in the Bible because it is just so fleshy and meaty and just flavor packed. It's just so much in the book of Romans. But if you turn to Romans eight twenty eight, okay. Reading from the King James version. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. All right. Now there's so much that I could just unpack here. It's just, it's so much, it's so, so much, but I just want to highlight that when we quote that scripture and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, if we just look at that right there, first of all, we should look at verse 27, which I'm not going to do that right now, but I encourage you to do that because there it says, and we know. So we know that there's something that came before in verse 27. That's a continuation in 28. So it's saying, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Well, it's not just working together for good for everyone. No, it's for those who love God, the good apples, not the perfect apples, the good apples that love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. Well, remember, like I was mentioning in last week's episode, you have a purpose. You awake every day with a purpose, a God given purpose. So it's for those people, not just everyone breathing and YOLO. If you live in your own life, doing what you want to do and just saying, oh, it's going to work out for my good because the Bible says it, that's not what the Bible says. And out of love, this is not me trying to wave my finger at you and point in your face, nothing like that. That's, that's really not my heart. And I hope that you understand that, but you have to read the rest of the verse to truly be able to benefit from the blessing. In order for everything, even the bad things, even the valleys, even the low points, even the setbacks, even the mistakes that we make, in order for all of that to work together for your good, you have to love God. Now the Bible says, if Jesus said, right in the Bible, if you love me, keep my commandments. So it would mean, it would be, if we look at the verses, we put them together. We know that love is an action. Okay. I think, you know, even non-believers have come to agree upon that. You know, every uh, love book and, and every, you know, self-help and self-love book will let you know that love is not just a feeling. It's an action. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, who died on the cross for us, right? So it didn't say for God so loved the world that he thought about sending Jesus to die for the atonement of our sins. No, for God so loved the world that he gave. 
Love is an action. So if we want for all of our, our, our steps, even our crooked path, which the Bible says that he will correct our crooked path. If you know, you make a mistake, you can still go to God and say, well, I messed up. Got me God. Yes. Yes. If you are doing your best, you know, sincerely trying to love God, how can you love God by keeping his commandments, at least making a good faith effort to keep his commandments and then live according to his purpose, the purpose he has for you. If you're not doing the end part of verse 28, Romans 8, 28, if you're not doing that, then you can't really go back to God with your receipt. You know, it's like you can't go back with your receipt and say, Hey, Hey God, remember, you know, you said that everything works together for my good. You, you can't do that because there is, there has to be something else in place. And please get this. I'm not saying that that it's a barter system. I'm not saying that. What remember God is the same every day. He does not change. Jesus is the same every day. He does not change. It's because we change. That is why we need to keep doing what we're supposed to do for God so that we can be in the position to receive the position to live according to his purpose. Because God is a God of order. That is true. He is a God of order. Okay. And if you know you're living in a mess, you can't ask God to bless. I know that it's a cute saying, Lord, bless my mess. You know, I mean, hey, he's merciful. He is very merciful. But once you know it's mess, apples, come on. If we know, I'm talking to myself too, okay? Please, please know that there is a, a figurative mirror that I'm looking in as I'm talking, okay? Saying, look, if you know it's mess, don't ask God to bless. Don't even make sense. You know, it's cute. It's funny. It's Southern, but it's not biblical. Okay. So I'm going to bring it right back around full circle. Okay. I know you might be thinking, okay, we got off on a tangent. I hope you still know it's good though. I, ho I hope you're getting something from this because I mean, as I'm sitting here talking, I'm like, all right, Sharonda. All right. You know, I'm feeling like juiced up. I'm feeling gassed up. I'm feeling amped up right now because I am remembering certain things that I need to make sure that I'm still implementing in my life. Okay. Remember we're doing life together apples. Okay. But I, I didn't go off on a tangent. We are bringing it right back because I was talking about how as Christians, sometimes we pray weak, powerless prayers. And also as Christians, sometimes we are in that state of Lord, I did this, this, this here. Why isn't my life working out like it's supposed to be? And we think as though, well, God, I did all these good things. And how come all these things aren't working in my favor? Look, there is a whole nother realm happening that I knew about. Remember, I'm telling you, I was here. Apples, I was here for decades. I was here. And it wasn't until Holy Spirit used my husband to shine a light to say, Hey, ma'am, you think that just because you're a goody goody, that your life's supposed to be perfect. It doesn't work that way. And then 
I began to real after, no, let me just be honest. After I cried and looked at him, like, how dare you, you know, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my story, all that type of stuff. After I did all of that, I quieted myself and I was like, okay, let, let me try this because what I've been doing has not been working. Yes. You know, you still want to be good. You still want to live for Christ, but how come I feel so powerless? And I would ask myself that, how come I feel so powerless? I love God. I serve God. I sacrifice. Why do I still feel as though my life is being pulled in any and every direction? Here's why. Because when we pray, prayer is not just to tell God all the things that are not going right. And prayer is not just to praise God for all that is going well. Both of those things, very important, very important. But if we look at the Lord's prayer, which we're going to, if we look at the Lord's prayer, we'll see something. Hello, apples. I really hope that you are enjoying the podcast. I know that I am really enjoying sharing the information with you. I truly feel like God is already moving and we haven't even gotten into the nitty gritty yet. Now, if you are finding any of this information valuable, go ahead and share the podcast because I do know that if the Lord puts someone on your heart, whether it's a coworker or a roommate or a parent or a friend, a neighbor, if someone is placed on your heart, God knows exactly why they need to hear this message. So go ahead, be obedient and share. And personally, I dealt with this. I dealt with feeling like, Lord, I'm doing my part, but you're not doing your part. And I cannot even imagine how that grieved the Lord to hear me say words that were just false, that that's not true, you know? So instead, I have learned that when I pray, I'm going, I model it. I try to model it like how Jesus said, you know, the Lord's prayer, because that's how we're supposed to pray. Prayers are not so much what we think them to be as far as just telling God what we need, telling him what's broken, telling him what hurts, because it literally says in Matthew six, right here in, if you look at uh, verse eight, okay, Matthew six, verse eight, it says, do not be like them for your father knows what you need before you ask. So Jesus is literally saying, you know, don't pray like other people. And if you read further up above, you know, verses like five, six, seven and such, he's telling you like, don't pray like hypocrites, you know, who use all these big fancy words, you know, and they're just trying to show off. You know, if you read higher up, it talks about that in, you know, verses one, two, three, four, it says like, don't pray like that. Instead, Pray a certain way because guess what? God, your father, he already knows what you need before you ask it of him. He already knows your coworker gets on your nerves. He already knows your boss is mean and unfair. He already knows that your marriage is in shambles. He already knows that your kids won't listen. He already knows you have aches and pains. So don't pray like that. This is how you should pray. Verse nine, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, when you look in the Lord's prayer, let's just, I mean, just a quick glance at it. Anywhere, did you hear Jesus whining? And I say that with, I mean, because that's how I have to talk to myself, okay? So please don't think I'm just, you know, being just aggressive to you. No, no, I'm really talking to myself. Like, I'm reading this and I'm like, Sharonda, did you see anywhere where Jesus was whining to God? No. Mm -mm. He went boldly to his daddy and said, I praise you. You're awesome. You're amazing. Thank you for being so great. And then he started to speak the truth. Your kingdom come, God. Your will be done on earth, on this earth, as you want it in heaven. That's powerful. That's not a powerless prayer. He's literally saying, your kingdom come, your will be done, God, in my life on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. He didn't say, I'm so hungry. I don't have a job. My boss is getting on my nerves. The Pharisees are hating on me. You know, the Jews want to kill me. Pilate, but no, he didn't say none of that. He said, give us today our daily bread. Like, I know you've got it. I know you love me. That's all. It's all understood. Boldly, he went to God and said, feed me, take care of me, love me. It's more like a statement. He wasn't asking. It was more of a statement. How many times, you know, like I think of Cammy, my four-year-old, and he's so just a colorful personality, just such a vivacious little kid. And he will say things like he just walks into the kitchen. I could be in the middle of, you know, doing like open heart surgery or something. I mean, it doesn't matter to him. I mean, I'm a foot doctor, but you know, I could be in the middle of doing something that's really important. Or something else, not even very important. I'm just not sitting waiting for his beck and call, right? And he will come up to me and he will just say, hey, I need some water. And just look at me like, duh, you knew that I need water. Why is it not on the table with my dinner? And, you know, of course, I do want to teach him proper manners, okay? There are social graces. So I'm like, Cam, that's not how you ask for it. And then I remind him, he's like, oh, I'm sorry, mommy. Can I please have some water? But... Again, when I look at how Cameron approaches me, his mommy, he doesn't come to me like, you know, Oliver Twist. Is it Oliver, the one who's, you know, going up the orphan, asking for some more food and he's just so pitiful? Cameron doesn't come to me like that and say, you know, if you have a little bit of water to spare, mommy, please, if you love me enough, mommy, I'm thirsty, mommy, please, could you, could you please, if you cared enough, don't let me go parched. No, he comes in like, Yo, mom, where's my water? Again, it's not polite, but it also shows that he knows that mommy will give him water. It's a declaration. It's a powerful declaration. He is wielding the authority of you're my mom. I'm your kid. By that relationship alone, I expect that you give me water when I need it. Very, very different perspective than I know I was praying years ago. Okay, because I was always, before this revelation, powerless or behaving like I was powerless because I would go to God and 
say, please, God, if you love me enough, please, my boss is really, really getting on my nerves. I feel depressed. Lord, if you really cared about me, you would get me out of the situation. Daddy, how come this is not working? If you cared enough. I mean, I've prayed those prayers before and I sincerely could not understand why it seemed as though my prayers weren't getting answered, you know? And if it weren't for the fact that Jesus is the only way I know, then I probably would have thought sometimes like, hmm, maybe this is not all that it's cracked up to be, you know? And I'm just being totally transparent with you guys. I hope you can appreciate that, that there were times, I mean, again, I was raised in the church. This is all I know. You know, my family raised me such that there is no alternative for me. I've burned the bridges to every other because I just, I know God, I know him to be real. But what I couldn't understand was why he wasn't as real to me, you know? And so that's why I want to share this with you because there are so many God fearing people, amazing people. You love God. You've given your life to him, sacrificed for him. You're doing your utmost best and still not a bunch of power. Look, let's, let, let's keep reading how your prayer should sound. Okay. So verse 11, okay. says, give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, right? So Lord, just forgive me as I also to try and do right by other people. Okay. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Again, it's a declaration. He's not asking. He is saying a statement that he already knows to be true. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Not could you please, or could you help me not to? No, he's saying, you're a good daddy. If you see me going down the wrong path, I'm giving you permission. I'm giving you the authority to reroute me. Change my GPS setting to straight instead of, you know, left or right. Help me stay on the straight and narrow. Okay. So when we're praying, it's more like we are supposed to be saying that which we already know to be true. There it is. Apples. When you're praying, it's more of a confirmation, a verbal declaration of what you already know to be true. And so that's why we have to know the word of God, study the word of God, be able to, you know, communicate with God so much so that we are hearing his voice, you know, among all the chatter, among all the loud, you know, ruckus in the world. And even in our lives, we have to be able to know his voice in the crowd so that we can say, hey, wait, no, this is what God said. So our prayer should be more declaration. And then that allows us to operate in more power. Okay. So when we're talking about do Christians have power then? Well, let's bring it right back. Let's bring it right back to the two verses we started out with. Okay. Matthew 28, 18, the great commission. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always 
to the very end of the age. Let's go over again to Luke 10, 19. Jesus again talking. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Okay, so we know from Matthew 28 that Jesus has all the power and authority. Okay. We also know that he is with us always. So we just have to stay in our position. Okay. So if we put that with Luke 10, 19, he's now saying, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Apples, you have power. In Jesus' name, you have power. Rejoice. This is where you pull over, if you're driving, to a safe location, and you do a happy dance. You do a praise dance. You worship God, okay? If you are at work, you take a quick bathroom break, okay? It's time anyway. You go into that little uh, stall, and you give a silent worship dance, okay? This is where you do it. Your kids are napping in the other room. Oh, get hype go outside on the front porch and do your praise dance because guess what luke 10 19 alone like i said this is the verse that i have written on my heart so much so that i recited at least at least two to three times a week at least because there is always a situation where enemy is trying to attack always that's what he does he hates christians he hates god's people and even if he's not attacking, there is something that I've done to allow something else foolish to happen in my life. So I'm always like, wait, mm -mm, nope, Sharonda, reverse, bring it back, rewind, go back. Romans 8.28 says, I know everything works together for the good of those who love the Lord. Check that. I love God. Yes, I do. Not perfect, but I'm trying. Okay, sincerely, boom. Okay, I'm living according to his purpose for my life. I'm definitely trying on that. Okay, boop. Okay, so I can go back to the first part. Okay, it's working together for my good. Uh, and then I go back to the Lord's Prayer. All right, so now I am repenting. Sorry, Dad. Help me. Help me. Help me. You know, um, give, you know, forgive me for what I've done wrong as I try to do right by others as well. Okay, check. Did that. And then now I get to, boom. I remember he talked to even the daughters and said, he's with you always. Even those who are imperfect, I'm with you always. That was Matthew 28. Okay, so I'm check, boop, there, I'm good. So then I go to Luke 10, 19. I have power through Jesus to handle this. Now, let me just, let me just tell you something. When it comes to the power that you have, <laughs> whoa, this is good. When it comes to the power that you have, you're not going to tell God about that power. You're going to speak to your problem with power and authority. You're going to speak at your problem with power and authority. Get this, Apples. Get this. Get this good. Press the rewind button, the reverse button, the playback button, 15, 30 seconds. Get this. When you are in a situation, a demonic attack, a situation that you know is ungodly. It's not just a happenstance of life. Because remember, we live in, in, we live in an imperfect world, okay? So I'm not talking about those happenstance situations. And Holy Spirit will help you to know the difference, okay? I'm talking about when there is a demonic attack 
and you know it's demonic. The demons know it's demonic. Everybody, everybody knows it's demonic. You don't go to God and talk about what you need, what the issue is. Because guess what? He said, Jesus already gave you the power to handle it through Jesus, not of yourself, but through Jesus. But I'm not good. I'm not perfect. I don't do everything right. It don't matter. He was still talking to those who doubted. He was talking to the disciples. We all know that the disciples were a rowdy crew. Okay. If you read their bios, man, trust me, you're good. Okay. And Jesus, he picked them out of all the people. Okay. So trust me, read their bios. You'll see you are good Apple. Okay. You're good. You can still get a piece of this. Okay. You can still use this and it's still relevant and real in your life. However, you have to believe it. You have to believe the words in red. You have to believe the Bible implicitly. Even if no one else around you believes it, you have to believe it because it is as to your faith. That's how much you can accomplish. Okay. So if you don't believe it, I mean, this is a null and void conversation, right? So get it, get it. For me, it took some time. It took some time for me to be delivered from this whole, but I did this. I did this. Why are you not doing this for me? God, it took a while. But once I was released from that, oh, okay, I, I get it. I was praying powerless prayers. Instead of declaring the word of God in a situation, I was going to God, telling him about the situation that he clearly already knew about. Now, I could go on and on and on about this, and I'm sure that in some way, shape or form, this is going to come up in some other episodes. But for now, I want you to really digest that which I said, okay? I really want for you to digest the words of God because that's really what it is, okay? It's the word of God. I am just a very chatty mouthpiece for Christ, right? But these are God's words. This is the truth, the biblical truth. This is how we can apply the words written thousands of years ago. That's how we can apply it today, 2021, okay? We go through, we check, okay, boop, did that, boop. Okay, all right, now, so I know how to be in power through Jesus because the power is there. Okay. So then now the next part of this is how we actually deal with the Christian identity. Because you see, if you don't know, you, you can know you have power. You can know that you have power, but if you don't know your identity, that's another piece that you need to know. And I was reading the word and I came across this story with Jesus and the demon possessed man. Woo! I can't wait to share it with you because when you see this, this right here, this is going to be the cherry on top of the cake. Okay. This is going to be the cherry on top of the, you know, the ice cream sundae. All right. This is your dessert. You guys stay tuned. You are not going to want to miss it. We'll be back right after this quick break. Thank you so much for tuning in to the weekly podcast, The Good Apple, with me, your host, Sharonda Simone. You're listening to The Good Apple Podcast, where one good apple saves the bunch. So this year, I am planning on reading the entire Bible from, you know, front to back, all of that. So definitely, you know, if you have never read the whole Bible, I really encourage you to do so. Now, there are parts that are, for me, just, you know, kind of hard to get through, you know, all of the begats, begats, begats. That's a bit much. But what has been helping me is the Version Bible app. It is free to download. I believe it's on iOS as well as Android. 
you guys check it out it is a great app and it actually reads to me okay so i can be doing my one hour commute to work in the mornings right which is one way you guys one way pray for me but one way or each way it is one hour so it's actually over an hour but anyway i can be listening to the bible being read to me in whatever version okay which is really great as well so i'm getting through the bible there's a whole bible reading plan it's a really great app so i encourage you to do that because i mean the bible has everything that we need in it like i love to tell people nine times out of ten if not a hundred percent of the time whatever is going on in your life okay whatever it is there's a verse for that but we won't know it unless we read the bible and you cannot always take the words of someone else because the bible tells us that there are many false spirits okay so i just encourage you if you've never read the bible or maybe if you have read the bible cover to cover but you haven't done so lately you know do it again you know why because there are so many verses and scriptures and stories that I've known ever since I was a child. But because I was at a certain place in my life, whether it was, you know, mentally, maturity wise, financially, you know, romantically, I was in different places in my life, you know, so it didn't have as much meaning or maybe there was more to it. You know what I mean? So, you know, we can always revisit information that we know already okay because you're at a different place today than you were five years ago so i just encourage you just you know read the word of god get it deep down in your heart all of that okay um but i was saying that because this is a verse that i'm pretty sure or this story is a story that i'm pretty sure i have read before i've heard it preached before you know but Coming across it this time in this season of my life, it was like eyes wide open. You know, it was like, oh my word. And I just remember stopping and saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you so much for this revelation because this is exactly what we need to hear as Christians so that we can know our identity in Christ. Okay. So let's turn to Mark 1, verse 34. Okay. Mark 1 verse 34. Again, be sure to check the show notes, the description box, wherever you are listening to this podcast, because I will have all of the verses there if you check out for reference. Okay. Okay. So here it is. Mark 1 verse 32. Actually, let's go to verse 32 and reading from the NIV version. So that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who were, who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Dramatic pause. Apples. Jesus also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Now, I, I, when, I, when I first heard this, because I heard it on my commute to work, okay? And I remember like thinking, I wonder, you know, maybe did I hear that incorrectly? Because it, it kind of almost doesn't make sense when you read it because it's saying that Jesus drove out many demons 
but he would not let the demon speak because they, the demons, knew who he was. So he didn't let them speak because they knew who he was. You would expect for it to read, he drove out many demons. The demons did not speak because they knew who he was, right? So because the demons knew who Jesus was, then they didn't speak. But that's not what the Bible says. It literally says that Jesus didn't let them speak because they knew who he was. Very subtle, very subtle. I hope I, I you know, was able to explain that subtle difference well, but I encourage you to go to the Bible, check it out yourself. But still, I remember thinking to myself, Holy Spirit, help me to digest this. I feel like there's something more here. You know, what are you really telling us? And at that time, I was really seeking, you know, more and more about my Christian identity. Now, when you think about what's happening, okay, let's, let's use um, the fact that, you know, these are demons around, demon-possessed people, and that is indicative of the force of darkness, right? Satan, satanic activity. So it doesn't have to be a demon-possessed situation. We just know that there are certain satanic activities that can happen or that can, you know, try to impose their, their ways into our lives, right? So he's driving out these demons, but he wouldn't let them speak because they knew who he was. But see, they were probably going to try to speak. They were probably going to try to say stuff. But Jesus was like, silence. Now he was able to say, eh, eh, shut your mouth. Don't talk. We're not dealing with you. Just get out. He drove them out. So they didn't have any, like, what exactly are these demons trying to say? This is how I you know, read the Bible. I'm thinking, okay, what are they trying to say? What would they be saying to Jesus that he would have to be like, mm, no, don't talk to me. Just do what I say. Well, you know, I think about another story in the Bible where there was a demon, demon possessed man and he had like a multitude, I think, or a legion. So like, you know, a whole bunch of demons had possessed him. Right. And Jesus drove the demons out and they said, please, Lord, you know, send us to anywhere. We need some, a, a body to inhabit. And he said, fine, go into the pigs. And if you guys remember the story, the pigs pretty much committed suicide. They just jumped off the side of the cliff and just drowned because, you know, they were like, I'm not living with a demon. You know what I'm saying? So they killed themselves. So I'm thinking, okay, Lord, the Bible doesn't say what they were trying to say, but I'm pretty sure they were protesting. Like, mm, I'm not trying to leave. And Jesus was like, I don't want to hear it. And guess what? They couldn't speak. Why? Because the demons knew the authority that Jesus had. So they shut up. Guess what? Apples, you have that same authority. See, so many times we try and have communications with the enemy. For what? Like literally, for what? You know Satan hates you. Not that he doesn't like you. Not that he doesn't think you're cool. Not that he doesn't want to send you a Facebook friend request. No, Apples, Satan hates you. He utterly despises you. You are the scum of the earth to him times 10, okay? He hates you. He wants for you to be in total and utter um, hell with him for eternity. That's what he wants. So why exactly are we trying to communicate with the enemy? No, you have authority. Let's jump back to Luke 10, 19. Remember that? You have authority. 
So, so many times we try and have these conversations with the enemy. We shouldn't be having conversations with the enemy. It's a one-sided statement. Go in the name of Jesus. Stop in the name of Jesus. Um, you know, boomerang effect. This demonic attack. Right back to sender. These are statements that I use on, an, on a, you know, I wouldn't say daily basis. Just depends on what's going on. Sickness tries to knock on the door. I rebuke this in the name of Jesus. Pain, leave in the name of Jesus. Sickness, leave in the name of Jesus. Right? Depression, leave in the name of Jesus. Utter sadness, hopelessness in the name of Jesus. Because guess what? Jesus says he's always with us. So even though you might have these moments, these attacks, these feelings, guess what? You have authority over them. And it takes some time to build up your muscle and strength. So please, please, please. Give yourself grace, but always be working toward a better, deeper understanding, a more meaningful understanding of what the word of God is teaching us. Okay. So Jesus drove out many demons. He talked to the problem, but he didn't talk to them as in have a conversation. Notice he would not let the demon speak. There was no back and forth. There was no, you know, your turn, my turn. This was an, a, a tennis match. Okay. Why? Because they knew who Jesus was. The demons knew. See, let me just tell you something right now. Satan, his minions, the demons, the force of darkness, Lucifer, he knows who you are in Jesus. He already knows it. You know, sometimes my kids, you know, they're young and they're like, you know, my younger ones are like, oh, Satan's so dumb. We hate him. Ew, he's so dumb. He doesn't know anything. And I'm like, at a... I, I love where your heart is. I love where your mind is going with this. But let me tell you, that's not true. Satan is very smart. He is a tricky little one. Okay. So you can't say he's, he's stupid. In fact, he's very, very smart because he can beat us at our own game. He knows the word of God, right? We, we do know that many instances where Satan used the word of God in a situation but of course he perverts things. Okay. He perverts it, but he knows the word of God. He also knows who you are in Christ. So if you don't know, therein lies the problem. Therein lies the Christian identity crisis. We've got to know who we are. Apples. You've got to know the power that Jesus gave you. You've got to know the authority You've got to know the chain of command, the ranking. You've got to know where you fit in. Because if you don't, you'll have a conversation, a back and forth tennis match, when it should be a one-sided declaration. Leave, get out, stop, return to sender, boomerang effect, cease and desist. I render you impotent in the name of Jesus. So these are more powerful declarations. When you're dealing with a situation in your life, this is how we have to attack. It's not, oh Lord, help me. Oh God, I can do it. I can't do it. I need you. Look at this. My life is falling apart. Remember, he already knows. He already knows what's happening. Apples, what we have to do is speak to our problem, speak to the enemy about our God. You do that, that's powerful. You do that, that is knowing who and whose you are in God.
No more identity crisis. I'm calling forth right now for all of those believers. Let us begin to reclaim who we are and whose we are and the power that we have. And trust me, I will say this again because it's worth repeating. I am speaking to Sharonda as well. I get attacks just like you. I get setbacks just like you. Things don't always work out my way just like you. But guess what? I have a verse for that. I have multiple verses for that. And I go back to the word of God. I might cry. I might feel let down. I might have a moment. But I, I gather myself back up and I say, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, 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 no. I'm not going to have this back and forth conversation with you. In the name of Jesus, I'm driving you out. Because now guess what? Not only do you say to know who I am, I know who I am in God. And that is what gives me the power and the authority through Jesus to handle the situation. All righty, Apples, this podcast was a lot longer than I anticipated, but I do really hope that you got a lot from it. I know that I'm just sitting here just worshiping God in my spirit and just saying thank you so much, Dad. Thank you so much for being here. He is present right here. Oh my, this is this is good. This is good. I really, really encourage you to reach out to me. Let me know, you know, if you're getting benefit from these podcasts. Also, too, don't forget to message me, DM me, email me, something. Let me know if you want to get on the email list serve so that you get the weekly blast, just letting you know when the new podcast is coming out, okay? If you want to be a guest here on the Good Apple Podcast, please reach out to me. I am working on a guest um, appearance, a co-host. I'm very excited. You guys are really, really going to enjoy that. Um, and we're going to be talking about, uh, I don't even know, should I tell you? Should I tell you? No, no, I won't tell you just yet. Just know that it's juicy. Okay. It's juicy. It's juicy and it's full of Jesus. Okay. So we're going to have a great conversation. I really hope that, um, you're able to tune in for that when I do have a live co-host on an upcoming episode. Okay. So until next Sunday, remember I am Dr. Sharonda Simone. And I will either see you at the top or from the top. You decide. Bye.